This call is being recorded. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. And we're both pissed. Jimmy, how are you today? Pissed. No, no, actually, I'm not. I was, I was last night, but uh, I, I woke up over it. You know, obviously, we're going to rant a little bit, and it was deplorable. I mean, it was deplorable and disgraceful, frankly. But, you know, if you'd have told me even this summer, uh, no Rojas, no Juwan Gary, no Quinterly, Hawkins is not even going to be good enough to play in garbage time, and during the year, you're going to lose Herb Jones for multiple games, and he's going to play with one hand, and you're going to lose Petty a few games, and Bolden won't always be healthy. I would be like, dude, we're going to finish 10 and 21. I mean, with 31 games, we're going to finish 10 and 21. So that's what I woke up with this morning. I mean, I know it was disgraceful and deplorable last night. That was a bad effort, and even with – our roster limitations, we should beat Vanderbilt. But, you know, this team has no business being good. They don't. So the fact that we aren't at times shouldn't surprise anyone. No, but – and, you know, here's the thing. Vandy, I think, has – as a team, has missed more games or or just under us in terms of games missed by players. If you just cumulatively add these games and – no, there's no excuse for this. And look, I understand it's one game. Basketball's a marathon, not a sprint, and all this stuff. But for us, it did come down to a sprint. And yeah. what what I, I think, look, I'm I was equally mad at at, at Oates as I was at the team, but yeah. I've calmed down from that a little bit. I think Oates is right. I mean, he basically said it, and this is a bold move or bold strategy, Cotton. I hope it plays off, pays off for him, but. Um, you know, he kind of threw some of the players under the bus. And I think normally fans are like, hey, coaches don't need to do this. I think fans this time were like, yeah, you kind of nailed it. Because frankly, <laughs> when and, and again, Alex Reese was one who was uh, thrown under the bus to some degree. Basically, mm-hmm. it seemed like Oates was saying, hey, he needs to get in there and practice some more. He's getting yeah. wide open shots and he stunk it up last night. And he did stink it up last night. Um and there's no way to sugarcoat that. And I'm sorry if any of the Reese's are listening and thinking, God, what a jackass. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that he didn't play well. And not only that, he hadn't played well in a few games. And so you you have to say, look, Alex, this has been a golden opportunity for you to show, hey, I'm a pretty damn good player because we don't have a loaded roster. This was your opportunity to shine. And it just – it just hadn't happened. Now, I'm not trying to pick on – it wasn't Alex's fault we lost that game. I mean, it was on everybody. I mean, we stunk it up. And, yes, we didn't have Petty and, you know, we don't have this and we don't have this and this guy's hurt and all that bullshit that we're going to say. But, man, I mean, it was freaking Vanderbilt. They got one win this year. One. They have no wins on the road. They have no wins on the road. They haven't won an SEC game on the road since 2018. They walked into our house and kicked our ass, and I'm not going to sugarcoat that one iota, and that's on everybody. And so if Nate Oates basically said as much, at least when he first said it, I I didn't – maybe I'm reading too much into it now. 
But I feel like he was saying, okay, I know I got to do better. I know I do. But, guys, we don't have the horses, and it's not just because some of our horses are back at the stable. It's because some of our horses can't run this race. And that, and, and also, and the horses that we do have that can run the race don't give a shit. And so that, I mean, that's what it sounded like to me. Do you think I'm reading too much into that? No, 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 no. I think everything, I mean, I, I, I you know, Nate Oates himself questioned the effort. So we're not stupid to question it ourselves. That's what the coach said the problem is. And he said he's responsible and he is for making sure there's effort. So it will be a really interesting off season. Uh, you know, Bolden is the only senior. So we are slated to return 12 guys from this team, uh, which is really weird because only eight play. Uh, but it will be interesting to see who's back and who's not. Uh, and, and again, you can't cut players like you could in the old days. Uh, you can't just tell a player you're not good enough, so we're not renewing your scholarship. Can't do that anymore. Kids have to leave on their own. Now, you know, there's ways to accomplish that with honest talks with them to say, hey, you're welcome to stay, but you're, you're not going to play a single minute. If you do, <laughs> you, could say, you, could, you. <laughs> you could say something like that, you know. But we'll see uh, who's gone and is Kyra going to go pro. You know, I, I, it was probably bad timing for me to tweet. I tweeted in the middle of the game that Kyra's going to go to the NBA. And it, it was a combination of a couple things. First of all, that's kind of what I've heard all season long. Secondly, uh, he, he was 17th in some mock draft that was on ESPN in the last day or two. And what, what led me to make that tweet was he, he had burst to the, through the lane and scored. And you would have sworn it was Jalen Waddle. It was so fast. Yeah. And that's kind of what led me to tweet. Like, he's, he doesn't belong in this league. He's just – he's so fast. And that's what the NBA drafts is – fantastic athletes uh, that, 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 you know, you, you draft athleticism, you, you don't, you don't teach it. So, so it was kind of a bad time for that tweet because it was such a disaster in the basketball game, but, but Kyra could be gone. Uh, I, I guess we'd be a little surprised if Hawkins comes back. He's not playing and he's from California. I'm not sure why he would come back. Uh, and then there's other guys like Galen Smith and Alex Reese who may be very poor fits with what we're trying to do on offense and defense. And they may choose to play somewhere else, uh, possibly. Petty could leave and turn pro, though in my opinion he would end up either in the G League or Europe if he does. Uh, so anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the roster. And I'm not moving on to next season yet because, you know, you know we said it yesterday on the podcast, Luke, about how, you know, it's almost predictable. I mean, as much as you could predict an 11-point favorite would lose at home to a team with one win, I'm not surprised, or I'd say I'm not shocked, because, and here's also won't, won't shock me at all, Luke, if we go to Missouri, play great, win by 12 on the road against a team that's much better than Vanderbilt. That's not, that's not going to shock me either, you know. Well, no, so, it's not going to be shocking, but I think the shocking part is um, – I told my co-host on a show last night that, yeah, I mean, he said, boy, Alabama's down seven at the half. I said, yeah, that's, you know, that's not, doesn't really surprise me. What shocks me is Alabama came back late in the game, had a three-point lead, and ended up losing by, you know, almost double digits. 
I mean, that's just that's bonkers. That's so stupid. And to a team that hadn't won on the road in a, two years. It's well, just, we really lost to Saban Lee. I mean, Saban Lee was responsible for which makes every it even dumber. Basket. Which makes it, it, it does because you right now, of course. If you have Petty, and there goes saying again, you know, Petty's a good defender. I, I, I don't know that Petty would have held same lead under 20, but Petty might have got a stop here and there, you know, maybe. Yeah, and he might have. Petty would and, defend. You know, I'll tell you, I heard I, I, somebody retold a joke that I heard before, and I love this joke. And so I'm going to tell you the joke first and tell you how it works in the Alabama basketball because it's not, not a straight line here. Um, so a guy walks into a brothel, and he says, look, I want to do something crazy. I want to do something I've never done before. And the woman said, well, you know, I can take you on, uh, you know, what we call around the world, wink, wink. And he says, well, that sounds fun. How much is that? She goes, it'll be $800. He said, well, look, here's $40. Drop me off in St. Louis. And (laughs) I love that joke. And so I I feel kind of like, a few weeks ago, hey, this Alabama basketball team is about to take me around the world, and now I feel like I got like I got dropped off in St. Louis. Like I'm like, okay, what now, guys? Because you know I was buying in, and now y'all have left me over here. And even if I buy into this team, even if I'm like not super upset with the way the direction of the team currently, and you could make the argument I should be used to this. I mean, last year we lost to Norfolk State to end Avery Johnson's career. So I should be used to that. And I should be used to these late season swoons because as Cecil Hurd has pointed out oh, from a tweet, over the four seasons of 17 through 20, Alabama basketball is 15 and 25 in regular season games in February, March, eight and 12 at home. Nothing changes until that changes. And he's absolutely right. So in a sense, we should be used to this. But I really was beginning to go, okay, you know, I'm looking at other schools. I'm looking at Penn State having a kick-ass year. We Shit, we can do that. We got a lot more history than them. I'm looking at Auburn going, we got a lot more history than them. We got a lot more fans than them. We got a lot more money. We got a lot more everything. So why aren't we doing this? I mean, why aren't we doing this? And maybe the answer is we are, and I need to be more patient. But here's my other issue. Next year, you know, and the good news is next year's team's going to be about totally new, I bet. I mean, maybe Petty comes back which would be nice, but he needs a bit of an attitude adjustment in his own right. I mean, there have been several times he's come close to, like, pissing off officials to no end. Uh, Herb Jones will come back, and that's great, and I love the heart and soul of this team. Love that guy. He is he is a forever cat to me. But, um, you know, he's he's limited in some capacity, especially offensively, and we're, we don't know how good Javon Crenley is yet. I mean, we all know his name. We don't know how good he is yet. And then, and then what? I mean, it's not like we have a Jack. super five star coming in. That everybody goes, you know, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, here's the answer to Cecil's tweet when he says nothing changes until that changes, and you're like, why has this happened? And I couldn't agree more. I, I just think it's fascinating. I like talking about it. It hurts other people's feelings, but I mean, look at Anthony Grant's success at Dayton this year. You know, proving that you know, while, while Anthony Grant certainly didn't have the results here that, that we wanted to see, clearly the guy's a good basketball coach. I'll tell you who else is a good basketball coach is Mark Godfrey. Mark, particularly the first part of Mark's career, Mark was a very good coach, and, and we had to fire him for not winning enough. 
at the end. People like to pretend in revisionist history that Mark got fired for off the court stuff. That's not true. He got fired because we were losing and, and the fans gave up on, on, we on Mark bored. at the end and, and, and rightfully so. You and know. we were bored. Yeah. And even Avery Johnson, who just got fired, and we, we had to do that when we did it. But, you know, you can't be a moron and coach a team to the NBA Finals. You, you can't. I mean, it, that's impossible. Um, it, it, at the very least, Avery is a competent basketball coach, or he wouldn't have had the success he did have uh, in the NBA. So my point to all of that is this. Yet, despite having good coaches, Mark, Anthony, Avery, now Nate, uh, it's the same results all the time. And why is it? And, and it's, you know, we could sit here and say it's a gypsy curse or, you know, a, a goat walked out onto the court or, or whatever bad superstition we want to bring. But here's the deal. You can look to football. Football will answer the question. This, we're winning in football. As a matter of fact, we're winning more than anyone has ever won in the history of college football. Why? Why does a football team win and the basketball team fails at the end? Simple. The football team has a ton of great players. The basketball team does not. We don't have enough good players. Now, had we had if we had Rojas, if we had Coinerly, if we had a healthy Herb and a healthy Petty, maybe we would have enough. Maybe, but we don't know that, and we never know because we never have a full roster. We never have a full roster of great players, but but the answer to Cecil's tweet and the answer to what our problems are, all you got to do is look across the street from Coleman Coliseum over at over to the Mount Moore building. There's your answer. We don't have enough good players, and hopefully Nate will fix that. But it's going to be fixed in recruiting, and it's going to be fixed in keeping a roster healthy. Uh, that's what we need. We don't need an upgrading coaching. We don't need a new coliseum. We need more good players. And and that is true. Okay, I totally agree with that. We we need more good players. Definitely need them. There's no doubt we need them. I'm on board with needing them. I'm on board with a roster overhaul, except for like what I said earlier is, you know, I sort of got behind this team, and then. Now they've started stinking it up towards the end. And now I'm sort of like, well, I don't really know what to do because I was, I was, you know, finding, uh, it seemed like everybody was falling into their own little personality niche that we could all get behind. And now I'm sort of, it feels like we're all throwing them aside and saying that's cool, but to get to reinvest. And I guess maybe that's the definition of being a good fan is every year you got to reinvest in this thing. And especially in basketball, I mean, you could have this massive turnover every single year. Now, but going back to what you're saying, okay, we need more good dudes. How many – and I, I keep using this this team as an example because I think it's a good one. How many NBA players does Penn State have? Not many. I don't know. So how many does how many does Iowa have? They've been ranked most of the year. I mean, not many, if right. any. And so what I'm saying is – and and Penn State mm-hmm. and, and Iowa are playing in what most people consider to be the best league in the country. And right. We're playing Vandy at home, a depleted Vandy team. I know we're depleted too, but we're better than them. We have more dudes than them, and we still do. I think we do, but one thing is we know our dudes, and we think they're dudes, and Kyra is clearly really good, and Petty's a good player, and Shackelford's a good player. There's no doubt we have some good players, but I'd also say 
we play eight guys quite a bit. Six, we play six guys a ton and eight guys quite a bit. And I agree that Penn State and Iowa aren't chock full of first-round NBA picks. But, I mean, would Galen Smith play at Penn State or Iowa? Would Alex Reese be playing minutes there? Would Forbes be playing minutes? I mean, Forbes probably going to be pretty decent. He's just playing before he's ready because he's a, a, a true freshman that just isn't ready for the minutes that's been thrust upon him. But I'm saying that, you know, we probably play a few guys that, that would not be getting good, good minutes at, at a really good winning Division One team like like Penn State or Iowa, probably. But do they have got? Do they have a bunch of Kyra Lewis's? No, 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 no. Kyra's a better player than anybody Penn State or Iowa's got, but he's just one guy, and they they probably don't put substandard players in their playing rotation. I guess. And they yeah. might have thirteen bodies, which which helps. Which helps, even if it's yeah, which helps. But I, I don't want to make excuses because one one point that you made earlier which is dead on Luke is yes there are reasons this team isn't great but but those reasons can't explain losing to Vanderbilt and that's true that's true that's, that's we, we should have beaten Vanderbilt flames. you know when you when people yeah. want to blame this shit on injuries and I'm like it's just all you gotta do is say but Vanderbilt you know it's but like Vanderbilt. Hillary Clinton did that one time but my emails you know this but Vanderbilt I mean, it's okay. You lose to uh, you lose to A and M. You lose to Tennessee. You lose to Arkansas. All these games at home, and because you can't finish the deal because you don't have enough bodies, and Herb Jones is hurt, and all the shit. Blah blah blah. I'm, I'm all I'm down with it. I'm da- I understand. I gave you a pass. I do not give you a pass. The ironically, the one dude who showed up last night was the one senior. He yeah, showed Beetle. up. Beetle plays hard. Beetle's not good. By the way, but he plays I know. he's he's pretty decent, but he, he's he's not a great player. And I, I don't know how many minutes he'd be playing at Penn State or Iowa either. I don't know. But he did play hard. So and here's the fact. But, but you know, in the end, I would sum it up this way. Luke. We, we have and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you would ask, gosh, this Alabama team's hard to figure out. Are they the team that's got seven wins, some of them on the road? against quad one and quad two teams, seven or eight wins against quad one and quad two teams? Or are they the team that has three losses to quad three teams? So which team is it? And it's an easy answer. The answer is, the answer is yes. That's exactly who this Alabama team is. When it's all going right, they're capable of being pretty good. And when it all goes wrong, they're really bad. And it's 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 it, that's that's what this team is. All right, so let's talk about some more about the SEC in general here. Um, I did not know this, and this is how much hate I had in my heart last last night. Uh, how much venom I was filled with. I quit paying attention to basketball in general, probably for a you know eighteen hours. I just learned like. Five minutes before this podcast, Tennessee upset Kentucky at Kentucky. That's a big that. win, which pisses me off. I did not know that. Before. I didn't know it until just now. <laughs> I did the same thing you did when we lost. I turned off basketball. I turned off ESPN. I, I, I turned off my Twitter. I'm like, I am going to go to sleep, and tomorrow I'm going to go to work, and I'm not going to think about basketball. I didn't know that either. 
Wow. Last night what really did make me have one of those Auburn football fan things when Auburn always loses early on in the season or they lose their second conference game early in the season or something. And all the Auburn fans love to go, well, you know, it's not everything. It's football's yeah. not life. And I'm going to spend family. my Saturdays with my family. Yeah, yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get closer <laughs> to my family. Whereas, you know, the next year if Cam Newton rolls into town, uh, they would kick their infant daughter into the street <laughs> to stand outside and buy a ticket. You know what I mean? So I, I felt kind of like that last night. Like basketball doesn't mean that much. I, I don't really care much about it. Knowing them <laughs> goddamn well, I care more about it than most Alabama fans. <laughs> That's exactly how. I mean, I, as soon as it, I, I, I'm, I probably move on a little quicker than you do. But again, I, I turned off all sports because I didn't want to think about it. And in my head, in my head, basketball season was over. I'm like, okay, well, we, we practice. Football practice is next week anyway. My Braves start in three weeks, three weeks from tomorrow. Uh, you know, I was, in my head, I'm like, ah, it's, it's, it's Braves and Alabama football now. I mean, that's just how I, how I do it. But that's just, I'd rather mentally do that than dwell on what I just watched, you know. Yeah. But that being said, I would have told you right when I turned that game off that I wouldn't even watch the Missouri game Saturday, but no, I just need a little while to get over it. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't tell you I'm excited about watching the Missouri game Saturday, but oh, oh, I'll watch. I'll watch. How, how can I not watch? So I'll watch and we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm going to watch it, but I I'm bet they play hard. I'm only spite watching. I bet they play hard. They might not win, but I bet they play hard. I bet they do. Okay, normally I would agree with that because that that that's how unpredictably predictable this team is, or predictably unpredictable. Either way you want to go with that, predictably unpredictable. Yeah. Um, but uh, this time, this was such a debilitating, lethal blow to the cranium that I can't imagine this team wants to show up and deal with this. I mean, like if you're John Petty, do you go, ah, man? Do, you know, I, I just I just got my arm put back in place. I mean, do I really want to go and chant it at Missouri and for really for nothing? Because if we beat Missouri, yay, we're probably the eight seed. If we lose to Missouri, yay, we're probably the nine seed. So it doesn't make a shit because we're not getting out of Kentucky's bracket. So that's another thing that just killed us. Um, but you know, maybe they are, and maybe maybe they've got more. And again, I'm not trying to say that's how Petty would think. I'm saying I would understand it if he thought that way. I wouldn't like it, but I would understand it. Um, and I would understand it if Herb Jones were like, "Man, my hand's been in a cast, and I've been playing my ass off. I just need chill for a week, trying to get ready for the tournament and see if we can make a run." Then I I could see that. I could see mailing this final game in, especially when it will be Missouri senior night. I have no idea how many seniors Missouri has, but I know that typically on a senior night, traditionally teams play a little bit harder. Of course, last night, Kentucky lost on senior night, and so did Alabama, so maybe that's not true at all. I don't know uh, how many seniors Missouri I, – I just I, – I generally believe – and, and Nate Oates, if he disagrees with me, let's defer to him. But I generally believe our team has played hard most of the year, which Agreed. probably is why I made it disappo- so disappointing last night because he he himself questioned the effort. So I, I bet we get after it Saturday. That doesn't mean we'll win. Winning on the road is very difficult. Missouri is not a terrible team. Now, I know they're not going to the NCAA tournament, but they're not terrible. They certainly have a good coach. 
in Kwanzo, uh, uh, really good coach. So they'll, 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 it'll be a tough oh, test, but, but we can beat them. That was the worst pronunciation of his name. It was. I don't know. I mean, I know Kwanzo Martin. Kwanzo is how everybody says it. But I'm like, when I say Kwanzo, I, I worry that, like, am I saying that right? No, I was going to say, but, you were trying so hard not to sound mm-hmm. and make it sound like you were saying it in a racist <laughs> fashion that you made it more racist. <laughs> that was not. No, what I meant was, I, I know, it's Kwanzo Martin. I mean, when I look, look at him, I see him, I see his name. I'm like, oh, Kwanzo Martin. And then every time I say it, I'm like, I don't think I'm saying that right. Even though I'm saying it like everybody else does. I'm yeah. trying to do the do the dude a solid by saying his name right. I, I just don't know what how, how to say it right. But you know what you you said something pretty poignant earlier. Uh, kudos to you. Um, that you said what made this game last night so disappointing. What made so many people mad is that because we have played hard in these other games, where even when we come we give up a huge lead and we lose, everybody's like, okay, we you know yeah it sucks. I hate it. You know. Giving up a big lead to Arkansas, Texas A and M, uh, Tennessee—you know—just pick your poison and and say and not hitting the free throws against Penn. You know we can make a legitimate reason for those, and it's almost like a guy who started out kind of overweight, pretty overweight, um, morbidly obese. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, t- I took him from being slightly chunky to morbidly obese very quickly there, but uh, and. He starts getting on a diet and he starts jogging and, you know, he has a, you know, he sneaks a Reese's cup every now and again. You're like, okay, that's cool. You know, you're, as long as you stay on the path. Well, then just one Tuesday night at seven 30, you walk by Ryan's steakhouse and there he is face first in the mashed potatoes of the steam tray at the buffet. You know what I mean? And you're like, what are you doing? I've lost so much. I, I had so much faith in you that you were getting better. And now this, and that's what it feels like. <laughs> What a perfect analogy. It's like perfect. Because think about it. We started out the season morbidly obese. And then we started working hard. And, you know, Penn was like, you know, we snuck a Hershey's kiss. And then we lose at Penn State giving up a lead. Okay, well, we ate a hamburger we shouldn't have eaten. We we ate the bun. We didn't do it, you know, the paleo way. And then, you know, with Texas A&M, we got a Kit Kat. Vandy, we are faced first in the mashed potato steam tray. That's where we are. Well, just think of this. I mean, as painful as it is, we're not a great team. We haven't been great. We haven't. We 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 don't deserve to be in the NCAA tournament at all. But if we beat Penn, Vanderbilt, and Texas A and M, just those three, those are not good teams. Say A and M. Say Arkansas. Yeah, even worse. Just just pick out three. Pin and and we're nineteen and eleven right now, almost certain ten and seven in the league, favored to win Saturday, and 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 on our way to the NCAA tournament. And those are teams that even shorthanded, we should have beaten. So we we did have an opportunity. We did work hard to the point that we put ourselves in a position to where we could have made a run. We just didn't. And. Uh, Got to get tougher, got to change the culture. But in the end, it's simple. Like I said, look across the street, get more good players. We need more good players. The one new guy so far coming in. Don't we just have one so far? Do we have one commitment or two? Yeah, no, Keon, Ambrose, yeah. Keon Ambrose Hilton. Yeah. Uh, he is a good player. I mean, he's, he's thought to be a good player and is going to be an asset to the program. Uh, it would be nice to add a couple more 
assuming we have roster turnover, which is an easy assumption. And I'll say this. Look, I'm not – I'm down on the team right now, and when you say the team, that includes everything associated with it. But I am still – I'm not as bullish as I was. I'm bullish on Nate Oates. I'm still a fan. I mean, he's going to have to prove me wrong that he's not a good coach. And I mean, I've given him the benefit of the doubt easily. And last night sucked, but and I and I didn't like the immediate response because I think I interpreted it wrong due to my own anger. But I think now I understand where he was coming from. And I'll say this: I'm not. I have no faith that this will happen. So please hear me. Don't. This is not crimson colored Luke saying this. If somehow he were to lead Alabama to the SEC tournament championship, the the sad part is I'm quite sure somebody who has fallen way behind in the Democratic primaries like Elizabeth Warren will hire him the next day and say, <laughs> if you can do it with that team, surely you can help me. <laughs> because, and you know, he and Elizabeth Warren got a little something in common. I'm not a big Elizabeth Warren fan, but she, she I'll give her this. She ain't quitting. She ain't quitting yet. She's still sending out emails saying, hey, I'm, we still got six primaries to go. All is well. You know, she, I don't think she won us. I don't think she won a single county in her own state. She finished third in Massachusetts. Even Roy Moore is like, give it up, sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's so, not going to win. No, she's not going to win. But I'm, I'm no political analyst, but she's not going to win. What's tougher? What is more unlikely that next week Elizabeth Warren becomes the Democratic nominee or that Alabama wins the SEC tournament? Uh, Alabama wins the SEC tournament. That's more likely. And and and, no, and no, here, more unlikely. No, no, I think it's more likely that Alabama would win because Elizabeth Warren has zero. She can't even win a county in her own state. She she's not one. Alabama's yeah. not going to win the SEC tournament either. But True. Also, I will say that Alabama, when they play well, they can beat anybody in this league, including Kentucky. When True. they play well, so it's conceivable. But nah, nah. No, hang on. Hang on. But Alabama is going against 18 to 21-year-old five stars in probably playing Kentucky on a Saturday. Elizabeth Friday, Warren right? is going against two guys whose driver's license are written in Sanskrit. So <laughs> they could both die before. No, that's true. I didn't think about that. That's, that I mean, I you could factor that point. in. Yeah, there's, there, I didn't think about that. Biden and uh, Biden and Bernie could kick the bucket and and, and then Warren would win and that does feel more realistic than Alabama winning, winning four SEC games in four days with only eight guys. I mean, I, I imagine at this point when Bernie or Biden like cut themselves save, cut themselves shaving, they don't even like bleed. They just there's like a little gap of just air escaping, and they just put mothballs in there or something. Like they can't they can't have any blood left. Yeah, it makes a whistling sound when the air escapes. <laughs> It's like, you know, his, his jowls become like sails, you know. <laughs> so, well, that, so all that happened. <laughs> so all that happened. That was yep. bad. And tomorrow we will, uh, tomorrow's exciting show. We will really jump into football because we practice the sport of football in just about uh, seven, eight days, nine days, nine days from this recording. No, I agree. So, Exciting stuff. 
Yeah, let's let's get into it. You do a thing that's really great. You do the you know, you count down the players by um yep. jersey number and it really is great. I mean, it does suck t- to me kind of when you get in like the no offense to offensive linemen, but I mean it's hard to talk <laughs> about offense for the numbers 79 yep. through right. 50 are kind of tough to deal with sometimes, but we'll get through it. Yeah, I even uh, went to my main calendar I use up here at the law practice, and I've already counted up uh, when the 99 days till uh, we, we count down the 99 days to fall camp, uh, and uh, and we can do that right here on the on the podcast. And what we'll do is, you know, when we're 90, you know, when we're 90 days out, we'll uh, we'll spend some time talking about Stefan Wynn, and when we're, you know, 70 days out, we'll talk about Alex Leatherwood. I mean, that's uh. That'll be fun. But what we'll also talk about next week on Crimson Country Club, the uh, website that Luke and I blog upon and comment on all the time. Uh, Next week, I'm going to do my annual ranking of the players. And I do that in one big blog where I literally, for fun, and it's a little enlightening, I think, to kind of see how the team lines up. uh, I rank all the returning players from one down to, I think we have 66 off the top of my head. from one to 66, who's the best player on the team, who's the second best, who's the third best, all the way down to where I get really mean and say that somebody's in the last place. But, but no, we rank, rank the players returning. I don't include freshmen because we haven't seen them. They haven't been on the it's, – it's just a wild-ass guess where the freshmen – we don't want to guess. We want to say, okay, the guys on the team that we've seen in the games or that we've seen and, and read about in practice, uh, we, we rank them and uh, – I'll go ahead, spoiler alert, and I uh, made the decision a couple days ago that uh, I'm going to opine that the best player on this football team is Jalen Waddle. Waddle will be my number one. I mean, if that's going to be your number one, I think uh, uh, Devontae Smith's got to be number two. Devontae he is going to probably be number two. Dylan yep. Moses is going to be number three. Uh, maybe. Um, I, I, I might ding him a little bit because Evan I think Neal? until we see him, because of the injury. If, yeah. if he was 100% healthy, I think he would be three. But uh, I'm not convinced until we see it that, that he will be his old self. That's so he might be a little lower. Um, right now, an early thought would be Pat, Patrick Sertan might be number three. Yeah. I, I think Sertan might be like a top 10 pick in the draft next April. Oh, that'd be cool. Sertan might get drafted higher than Waddle and Devontae because of size. Well, and because of need. I mean, Typically, yeah. right. I'm just saying, Sertan so. checks every box as an NFL corner, whereas Waddle and Devontae are going to get dinged a little bit over their size. That's true. Um, all right, buddy. A roll tide any damn way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, tomorrow will be football. We'll all be in a better mood, and uh, we'll do football tomorrow and sort of stay away from basketball until we beat Missouri and give ourselves false hope again. <laughs> That's true. We're a baseball school anyway. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's what some, right. other friend, some other friends of mine were giving me hell. Auburn friends were giving me hell. And I was like, well, we're a baseball school. And we're also <laughs> a, hey, our women's basketball team doesn't fill us with disgrace and shame anymore school. But I couldn't get that on a team. <laughs> well, let's see if we beat Georgia tomorrow. I think we play Georgia tomorrow hey, in the I first round. Not. I got, I'll give the girls tons of credit. They kicked ass towards the end of the year. So, man, thank you. really did. Thankfully, thank you, girls. Yeah, yeah, I might give them a watch tomorrow on the SEC network. Please, please. Oh, you oh, not literally give them a watch. You mean like watch <laughs> no, the game. I'm not. I'm I'm not like, Man, don't, don't get us in NCAA hot water over girls basketball. I'm not a jewelry guy. 
<laughs> um, all right. I'll give them beers. Can we do that? I'll give anybody beers. I'll give them beers. I think we can do that. I think we can do that now. I think that's yeah. legal. Yep. There's a beer exception. Roll tight, everybody. Roll tight. <laughs>